Okay, let's start off with the <coughs> let's start off with the nugget this morning. To anticipate cares. To anticipate cares. To anticipate cares is to One more time, to anticipate cares is to double them. So we don't want to do that. Thank you for the amens out there. Okay, Father, we're praising you. We just give you thanks, Lord, as we look to your word, Father God. I thank you, Lord. You give us each new revelation and insight, Father God, as your Holy Spirit speaks to us through this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, boy. It's good to be in the house of God. To give him glory, amen, just like the last song said. I was expecting something from you people. <laughs> okay. Praise God. What a wonderful gift that has been given to us as children of God, the gift and the measure of faith. So if you'll turn with me to the book of Romans, that's the book of Romans, chapter 12. We looked at it, but we're going to do a small review and move forward. Romans chapter 12, verse 3, it says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. So each and every individual, every believer has the measure of faith. So you can't say so-and-so has more faith than me when it got started. Each and every one of us has been given the measure of faith. And that measure is enough to move a mountain. Thank you. Everyone has been blessed with the measure of faith. Now, what do you do with that faith? That's been given to you as a child of God. That faith becomes your key to unlocking the covenant blessings of God. Your faith is the key to unlocking the covenant blessings of God. I'll say it. Glory to God. Hallelujah and amen. Nobody is going to join me. I'll do it myself. So it's, there's a vital and important uh, fact concerning faith. And we need to turn to that location. Find the book of Hebrews. That's the book of Hebrews. And the 11th chapter. This important fact is found in Hebrews 11, verse 6. It reads, But without faith is it, impo it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. 
Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So it, it would be our benefit and advantage to be active with our faith. Because if you're only using your faith once in a while, you know, that pleases God when you use it. But if you're using it more and more, he's more pleased. He becomes real pleased with you. You then become a favorite. Well, God doesn't have any favorites, but the word will make you a favorite. Well, since we are still looking at a few of these, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. In 2 Corinthians, verse 7. We looked at this last week. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. We must see things as God sees them. We have to see things the way God sees them. Glory. Okay, how does he see them? Let's back up to the book of Romans. In the book of Romans, chapter 4. Oh, glory to God. This is how God sees things. Romans 4, chapter 4, I should say, and verse 17. That's Romans chapter 4, verse 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of nations, before him whom he hath believed, even God who quickeneth, look at this, God who quickens the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. God calls things, those things which be not as though they were. Hallelujah, glory to God. So God is calling things that are not there as there. That's how faith works, all right? Let's look at one more scripture on that. Let's go back, uh, go to 2 Corinthians. We're going to jump around. Keep, if you're taking notes, you're going to be, have a full ink pen or a good pencil. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 this time. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, looking at verse 18. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. While we look not at things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Look at that. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So we've got to start thinking like God, and looking the way God sees. Amen. So, just how are we to apply this faith? Romans chapter 10, back up. In Romans chapter 10 tells us how, how we are to apply faith. First, we read in chapter 10, Romans chapter 10, looking at verse 17, it says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God. Glory to God. So faith, uh, the first action of faith is first to believe the word of God. 
Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Hearing, the word hearing means to receive, to acknowledge, tend to, adapt, and be established in. One more time. Hearing means to receive and acknowledge, tend to it, adapt, and be established in and by such. So glory to God. That's how you're, you're, you're getting the word and it's building up. It's gaining strength. Okay. We must also believe that the word of God is telling us what? Truth. Amen. Our faith is built on and established in truth. Faith is saying, Amen and yes to God. Amen. Amen and yes to God. Should have gave you a scripture in that. We had it last week. So faith is revealed. Faith is revealed this way. God believed. And he spoke. This is how faith works. God believed and he spoke. Okay. Let's look at it. Let's go to the very beginning of your Bible. And that book is anybody? Oh, one of you got it. The rest of you I don't know. Genesis chapter 1. Well, I'll just start with verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2. And the earth without form and void and darkness is upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Well, we know God's there. Amen? Amen. Remember, God believed. And then he spoke. Verse 3. And God said... Let there be light, and it remained dark. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God believed and spoke of what which was not. There was no light, but God spoke it. He believed it, he spoke it, and it came to pass. Glory to God. He spoke light when there was not light. And then it was when he spoke it. This is the God kind of faith. You believe, you speak it forth. Hmm. Okay. Well, let's look at a couple, just a couple examples of God speaking. Since we are in the book of what? Genesis, good. Let's go to the 11th chapter. Find the 11th chapter. In the 11th chapter, we, we, uh, we come across an individual by the name of Abram. Amen. That's chapter 11 of, of Genesis. And we want to look at... Verse 26, and Terah lived seven years and begat Abram, Naor, and Haran. Okay, so we, this is the first time we, we hear of Abram. This is the first mention of Abram. Between uh, Genesis 11 
and up to Genesis 17 gives a little history of what's going on in Abram's life. Okay, I'm not, I'm not, we're not going to read that whole section. That'd take us a while. So we were just going to, uh, we see Abram has a, a, a nephew named Lot. And they had ties together. They, 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 they were in the same business. They were shepherds, so forth. And then they got into a dispute because there were so many uh, sheep that they couldn't, the country couldn't hold them to, uh, together. They, the sheep were getting mixed up, so uh, they decided to separate. And also during this time between uh, Genesis 17 through, uh, pardon me, 11 through 17, God makes a promise that Abram would ha have a heir. And also during this time, um, Hagar and Ishmael appear on the scene. Okay? Now, in chapter 17 of uh, Genesis, God is going to make a covenant with Abram to bless him. So all this time from Genesis 11 through 17, it's Abram. Abram. Hey, Abram. Yoo-hoo. Okay. In verse 5, oh, that's verse 4. Uh, God says, As for me, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Well, he said about uh, Ishmael was already there, and he had an heir, but God says, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Verse 5, neither shall thy name be called, or neither shall thy name anymore be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. So Abraham means a father of nations. So Abram's getting a new name. God is speaking something. Abram, you're going to be Abraham, a father of many nations. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This, this, it can't be. I'm almost 100 years old. All right. Then we go down to verse 15. And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, thy wife, thou shalt, thou shalt not call her name Sarai. Uh-oh, another name change. Sarah shall be her name, and I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. So we see here, here's Sarah, 90 years old, approximately. And God saying, Abraham, father of many nations, your wife shall not be called Sarah anymore, but Sarah, mother of many nations. Okay. God makes that promise to them in this year when he speaks to him. okay? Verse 21, my, my covenant will be established with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in next year. In other words, God said, Sarah, you're going to have a child. God said it, or God believed it, he said it. And nine months later, it took place. But what, had, what needed to take place? A name change. 
They had to see themselves differently. Not just as Abram, but Abraham, a father of many nations. And Sarah, a, father, uh, a mother of the nations. They had to see that for themselves. So now they're calling themselves Sarah and Abraham. And so they're speaking it out. They're believing it now. Amen. They're using God's method. Right. Believe, speak, and it will come to pass. Hello? Amen. Okay, that's, that's example one. There's another example that we have. We'll find, he's found in the New Testament. We have a man who had great passions but little stability. That was Simon Peter. He had great passion, but it, well, he was unstable. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. And then something happens. Oh, well, you know, uh, 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 I can do it. I can walk on water. water. Lord, call me. He starts going there, and then and all of a sudden he loses it. Help, I'm drowning. His name was Simon. But what, what did Jesus call him? Simon Peter. Simon meant kind of waffling. Peter talks about being a rock or stable. God sees us not as we are. God sees you as not as you are, but as he's called you to be. Amen. What has he called you to be? Have you found out yet? Now get a hold of this. God sees you and I as valuable, glory to God, precious, amen, and worthy of blessings. God sees you how? Valuable, precious, and worthy of his blessings to fall upon you. Amen? Let's go to the book of Romans once more. We looked at this last week. We'll look at it again because it's, it's needful. That's Romans chapter 12. And Romans chapter 12. This is the key here. One of the keys... That will develop, we'll, we will develop, or should develop. Romans chapter 12, verse, beginning with verse 1 and 2. Uh, of course, we said in verse 3 that we've been given the measure of faith. But now, let's go to verse 1 and 2. Tw Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is of your reasonable service. So we need to give ourselves to God. Amen. Totally. Verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That little gray stuff, that matter, your brain. That you may prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So as we begin and get into God's word, as we learn his word, we're going to find out what is good, perfect, and acceptable. Amen. Glory to God. That means we need to, according to this word, we need to adapt to his ways, adapt to his thinking, adapt to his purposes, and adapt to his actions. We should have actions that go along with faith. James says, faith without actions is dead. 
So we need to have our faith full of action, and it needs to be going on constantly to what? Please God. All right. Now, we're always going to be challenged by the enemy of our faith. He is subtle, ruthless, diabolically wicked, cunning, and is out to destroy the child of God by any means possible. In John 10.10, 10, he says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So he is a worthy oppo op opponent. The eyes, our eyes, that are set upon the treasures on earth, that means the life and character of a believer will be shrouded in darkness if we're looking on the things of earth constantly. It says we should have our eyes where? Those things not seen. Heavenly things, okay? But if we are looking constantly on, uh, at things at earth, our character or our eyes of understanding will be darkened. Okay, now let's go on a quick rabbit trail. When sin is birthed out of temptation, you know, the temptations come and all of a sudden you fall into sin. I mean, all of you know that. I mean, a temptation, some of you don't, you know, yeah, I, you put it away sometimes, but I'll walk by the, the temptation of, of walking by the donut shop is there and it says, oh, you know, I can drive by, but I've never been in this donut shop. So I go into the donut shop. The temptation's there. I haven't sinned yet. But then it says, I'll, I want 20 donut holes, four glaze, you know, and so forth. And I want, oh, I want to cut those eclairs. So, I fall, I not, I not only have I had the temptation, but now I've fallen into it, right? Okay. When we fall into, fall into temptation, it defiles us. And when we are defiled, means we are not clean any longer. Okay. If the sin is not cleansed, taking 1 John 1, 9, if we don't cleanse that sin, that means that sin paralyzes us, or we're trapped in it. Oh, yeah. You know, I can eat two more, and, and I'll, I'll pray later. I'll pray the calories out. Okay. But if, if, we, if we don't take First John 1, 9, we're paralyzed, and then since we have not cleared it up, it begins to fester, and that sin becomes inflamed. It becomes stronger. And it's a greater conflict in us. Man, I, every time I go past that donut shop, I can't. I'm driving into it. I'm walking into it. And whatever, whatever temptation you may be in, have, and you've fallen into it, and you seem to can't get away from it. Every time that temptation comes up, here I am. You know, I don't want to, Lord, but here I am. Hello. So that... that that sin now is inflaming itself. And when that sin has so far gone inflamed itself, it goes out of control. I mean, every time you, you may, I make a point now to go to the donut shop. You know, going downtown, I got to stop that donut. Oh, there's another one. I got to check that one out. So it's out of control. And when that sin gets out of control, that means you are enslaved to it now. Wow. 
So we must put a stop to any temptation before it evolves into sin. Can I have an amen? amen. All right. Okay. Now, I want you to recall something we looked at about three weeks ago or two weeks ago. Remember Jesus said, O ye of little faith. Anybody remember that? Okay, let's, we want, let's review that. Let's go to uh, chapter 8 of Matthew. Just chapter 8 of Matthew first. In chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. There's a storm coming up. The disciples and Jesus are on a boat and they're going, you know, going to the other side. Jesus is in the back side of the boat. Let's start off with uh, verse 23. And when he entered the, into the ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there rose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. Look at verse 26. And he said to them, Why ye of little faith? Why, pardon me, why are ye um, fearful, O ye of little faith? So, first thing we see here, there's the cares have come upon the, the disciples. Okay. Oh boy. Okay. The care comes on the on the disciple. Boy, I, am I in? No. Let's back up. I'm sorry. Matthew six. Let's go to six. Let's get this straight. Matthew six. This is the first one. I'm sorry. This is the first one that comes up. Uh, Matthew 6, verse 30. They're talking about uh, God's kingdom. Matthew chapter 6, verse 30. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today, today is and t uh, tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall, not, uh, shall he not much more clothe thee, O little of faith? So here's the care. The cares, cares, uh, cares are the things that... Attack us. Oh, you know, I wonder if we're going to get this. You know, I wonder if the, we're going to get paid. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping they, they arrive here. So we, have, we, we get cares. We take on cares. And that's, that's the first thing that Jesus said. And that's in Matthew chapter 6. Now let's go to Matthew chapter 8, which is one we just looked at and I mis, uh, misplaced. And that's Matthew 8. And once again to verse 26. Um, why are you fearful, O, little, uh, o ye of little faith? So, second thing that Jesus spoke of that, that steals our faith or makes us our faith little is fear. So, the first thing that, that makes our, our faith weak is the cares. We take on cares. The second thing that weakens our faith is fear. Okay? And let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 14 at this point. We'll see the next one. In Matthew chapter 14. Verse 
This is where, where Peter was walking, on the wa was walking on the water. And verse 31, he, Peter is sinking. And he's saying, Lord, help, save me. Okay. Matthew chapter 14, looking at verse 31. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, caught him, and said unto him, O thou of little faith, little faith. What's going to cause you have little faith is doubt. Anytime you doubt a word of God means your faith is little. This is why we have to program our mind, renew our mind to God's word that what he says will take place. Not, well, I'm not too sure. God said, God said, I can walk on the water, but I don't know. Doubt came. And bloop. So we got cares. Fear, doubt, three. These are three things that take, make little faith or cause us to have little faith. Let's go to the fourth one, Matthew chapter 16 this time. In Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Looking at verse 8. Matthew 16, 8. Which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason among yourselves? Reasoning will remove or make your faith weak. O you of little faith. You reasoned about things. Well, God said, but, you know, I'm not too sure. So it's cares, fear. Doubt and reasoning are the four major things that will give you or give us little faith. So we need to make sure we don't fall into those things. Amen? Amen. Now, the secret in walking in faith is to keep our focus on God and his word. Amen. So let's go to the book of Hebrews. And we'll look at it one more uh, once again. It's the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith, Hebrews 11, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Glory to God, hallelujah. Faith, the substance that grabs, takes hold of things in the spiritual realm and brings them down into the physical realm. So the, the secret is to walk, walking in faith is to keep our focus on God's word. God gives you an identity. We looked at Abraham and Sarah and Peter. They all had name changes. Amen. Amen. God gives you an identity not based on your past Amen. or your present, but based on your future. What's your future like? Oh, I don't know. Well, let's find out. Your future, what you are to become. We must receive the identity that God gives us and believe it and speak it over ourselves before we see it. 
We are to live it as if we had it. We are to live it if, if it is like it is, okay? You're no longer rejected. You're the beloved. You see the big change? You're no longer weak. You're the mighty and strong. You're no longer defeated. You are victorious. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We have to start with what the word declares you to be and believe. This is faith. You have to start with what the word declares you to be and believe it. You believe it, you speak it. Amen. More than a conqueror. Hallelujah. Above and not beneath. Glory. Join heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. I'm royalty. Yes. You're holy. Yes. You're righteous. You are the blessed. You are the child of the king. You are the redeemed. Amen. Are you saying that over yourselves? Oh, uh-oh. Let's go through that again. More than the conqueror. Above and not beneath. Join heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. You're of royalty. You're holy. You're righteous. You are blessed. A child of the king. And you are redeemed. You need to bar start speaking this over yourselves daily. Amen. Why not do it at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day and the middle of the day? What did, what did we, we hear or see last week through Joshua 1.8? He did it, what? He meditated on upon. He meditated how? Josh, all right, turn to Joshua 1 8. Amen. What are you supposed to do with the word? Meditate. You're supposed to meditate on how? <laughs> Day and night. Amen. That's constant. It's supposed to be, there, it's not a stop and go system. This is supposed to be flowing through you. The Word of God should be flowing through us. The Word of God regenerates, cleanses us. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Renew your mind according to word, the Word so that you will know what is good, perfect, and acceptable. You just don't want good. I mean, I was a good track runner, but I wasn't number one. You don't want to be acceptable just in the middle or average. You want to be what? Perfect. So that's what the word says. These are the, what the word has called you. Did you write those down? Yeah. Conquer above and not beneath. Join heir, uh, join, join heir of Jesus Christ. Royal, holy, righteous, blessed. The child of the king, redeemed. There's others. But those things, this is something that you, you need to get a hold of. Or we need to get a hold of, and it needs to be constant before us. When the enemy comes, 
I'm more than a conqueror. Forget you. I don't need that temptation. Get out of here. I'm more than a conqueror. Amen? Amen. Saying conquer, more than conquer, above and not beneath, join heirs with Jesus Christ, royal, holy, righteous, blessed, a child of the king, redeemed. Doesn't that make you feel good? This is what God calls you to be. Amen? Amen? This is what God feels about you. Amen. So why not begin to think that way? You say, well, I'm just, I'm just a baby Christian. I messed up. I blew it. No. When God sees you, he sees you what? Perfect. Because he sees you through the eyes of Jesus. Jesus says, hey, all their sins are washed away. Amen. They're perfect. They're righteous. They're a joint heir with me. That's how you how see. And we're saying, oh my gosh, I blew it. We're listening to the devil. So that means the devil needs to take a back seat to you. And you don't listen to back seat drivers either. You know, the wife, when the wife's driving, I say, watch out, you know, they're going to make a turn up here. She says, I know, you backseat driver. <laughs> See, you don't need to be called, uh, listen to what the devil calls you. It's to remind, it's time to remind him that he's been defeated. Amen. You know his final destination. And it's set. He can't change it. Yep. Amen. So we should say, thank you, Jesus, for giving us faith. Amen. Hebrews, well, since we're right there, Hebrews chapter 12. Let's look at this. Hebrews chapter 12. Looking at verse 2. <clears throat> Hebrews 12, 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Yes. Amen. Jesus gives us, has given us the measure of faith at the very beginning, and we develop it into strong faith because we begin to speak God's word into our own lives and into the lives of those that we love, into the lives of situations and circumstances that need to be changed. And you being a child of God can change the situation because you know how to speak the word of God or you should be, knowing, should be speaking the word of God. Amen. Why? I am the redeemed. And the redeemed say, the redeemed say so. Amen. Not, oh, I don't know. Redeemed say so. We need to speak the God, God's word over ourselves. Amen? Amen? Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. He's helping us. That's right. Get into the word. Find out who you are. But start with those, ones, those things I just gave you. Conquer. Above and not beneath. A joint heir with Jesus. Royalty. Holy. Righteous. Blessed. Amen. I'm a child of the king. I am redeemed. If I ask you this next week, will you remember it? I don't know. I asked a few things that, that were mentioned last time. Everybody was, huh? We've got to get renewed through God's word. Amen? Amen. 
glory to God. Keep this running until we put uh, the music on. Okay. Hallelujah. Okay. How many know when, when um, what we call Easter, actually it's Resurrection Sunday, what, what month it's going to fall in this year? April. Good. And this is the Jewish calendar. I ha happen to have one. Uh, and we're go they're going into the year 5,780. 5, Glory to God. And we're going to about ready to participate in, in the Lord's Supper. Actually, it's the Passover. This is how they celebrate the Passover. And I thought, I thought it'd be interesting for you to see, because we've been looking at, at the communion service mainly through Gentile eyes, because we don't have insight into some of the Jewish customs or the way things took place. So if you'll turn with me now, we're going to look at this. Um, Let's go all the way back to the book of Exodus is when the Passover was in, in, instituted. Exodus chapter 12. The, ch uh, the children of Israel have been in bondage in Egypt for about 400 years. And Moses comes along and... Uh, he finally wakes up at the age of 80 and starts doing his job. Yeah. So <laughs> some of us, well, I'm reaching that area. So at 80, look out. I'm going to be fired up. <laughs> All right. That's Exodus chapter what? I told 12. Beginning in verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you at the beginning of months. So this is the new year for them. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of, the tenth, uh, of this month you shall take for them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall uh, make your count for the lamb. Verse 5. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year, and you shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. Okay, here's, here's where the Passover begins. And they shall take the blood and sprike, sprinkle it on the side post and the upper post door of the houses wherein they shall eat. And they shall eat the flesh that night and roast it with fire and unleavened bread and with bitter herbs, and they shall eat it. Eat it not raw, sodden, or, or at all at, uh, with water, but roast it with fire, its head, its legs, and with the appurtenance thereof. And let nothing remain until the morning, and that which remains... Of it until the morning, ye shall burn with fire. Okay, so we see the, the Passover is instituted. God says, you do this, get a lamb, and then you have the Passover. Okay, we read that and we say, okay, this. And then we come to our communion service, and let's go back to the New Testament, and we'll see what we do 
That's 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 11. Um, beginning with verse 17, it, it, says, it talks about the Lord's Prayer, and this is what Paul is saying. In verse uh, 23, For I have received of the Lord that which was also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. Hello? And when he had given thanks, he break it and said, now, okay, this is the Jewish custom. This is at that time, uh, this is for the Passover. Now they got the, they have the meal there with the, the, the lamb and the bread and uh, some bitter herbs and stuff. So this is the type of bread that they use for the Passover because it's not unleavened bread. It means... It signifies it's sinless. Okay. If you notice, I have three pieces of bread. They had three pieces of bread at the table. This is very interesting. And they took the three pieces of bread. Jesus, and they would take the official official of the seder or or Passover would take the middle bread they would break it in half then they would wrap that bread in a cloth and they would hide it. And they would tell the people, okay, they hid it. And they say, somebody has to find this. Because if we can't find it, the Passover can't be completed. This middle bread, they gave the name Afakoman. Piece of bread, Alpha, alpha Coleman. A F I K O M E N. A F I K O M E N, I believe. Alpha Coleman means completion. Okay, they hide it and they could not finish the Passover until someone found it. And took it out of its wrapping. They didn't know what the three pieces of bread stood for. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Isaac is broken. Well, that doesn't count. But remember, what does the bread signify? Sinless. The triune. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The son is taken. He is broken. He is buried in linen. Again, the Passover is not complete until they find the broken off of Coleman and then they partake of it and the thing is over or the, the Passover is over. Wow. 
We learn of it now. I mean, we always just only use one piece. I, I, we spoke about this about five years ago. Maybe I should just bring it all up again because we are coming up in April. Maybe I have enough time to to, to bring it up and we'll, we'll talk about some of the things of the Passover. Okay. They find the completion, the Alpha Komen, until it's com found, it's not completed. The Passover is not complete. See, the, the Jews have not found Jesus, so it's incomplete for them. We have found Jesus, and it's completely completion for us. Amen? Glory to God. Okay. So we need to find our completion in him. We need to speak God's word over ourselves. I'm a conqueror. I'm above and not beneath. I'm a joiner of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm royal. I'm royalty. I'm holy. I'm righteous. I'm blessed. I'm a child of the king. I am the redeemed. And I shall say so. We sang the song, one of the final songs that we sang. Give God the glory, and he will give you the victory. If you start giving, giving God the glory for all who you are, not what you think you are, but what he calls you to be, you'll always have the victory. We need to start calling ourselves who God calls us. We're not just a sinner saved by grace. No, we are made righteous. I remember when we first got into uh, to the Word of God, and uh, I was conducting a Bible class, and I said, we are righteous. And somebody says, no, we're not. The Bible says we're all sinners saved by grace. That's, under, that's already under blood. I am now right. I don't look back to my sin past. I look forward to what God has called me to be. This is what we need to do, each and every one of us. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Okay, I'll, let's, uh, oops. At this time, we'll come forward, and each and every one of us will pick up our, our communion emblems, and once we all have them, uh, we'll partake in it together. So if you'll play that one song, thank you. Amen. From 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul writes, For I have received the Lord, which I also deliver unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he gave thanks, he broke and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this doings in remembrance of me. And after the same manner, he took the cup, which he stopped saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do is off you drink it in remembrance of me. The Passover for the Jews is only once a year. For us, he says, As often as you drink it and take it, it's a memorial of who we have become the righteous. the blessed, the redeemed. So, Father God, as we receive this bread representing the Lord Jesus Christ, 
body. We thank you, Lord. All that was accomplished, the healing into our bodies, our minds, has been given unto us through the bread. We thank you, Lord. Lord, we lift up this cup that represents the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the new covenant. A covenant that makes us perfect. That washes away all sin. That gives us inheritance rights into the kingdom of God. And children of yours. We receive it now. Amen. Anybody needing prayer? Okay. Before I get asked, title of this sermon is Operation. What is it? The two dots. What's that? That's a Colon. Operation colon. Faith. Know what you have. Begin to speak it. Believe it. And it shall be done. It's all yours. It's all stand. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. We thank you for the word, Father God that renews our mind, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that we can see in your word who we are to be and what we are, Father God, through your eyes. So, Father God, I thank you, Lord. We are the blessed. And, Father God, as we go our separate ways, Father God, and as we contact people, Father God, I thank you, Lord, that we can be a blessing to them. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen.